Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. What do you think is a, a, a woman's strength that a man could learn from? Resilience. Fucking. That vagina is so resilient. <laughs> like. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gavis. And each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this. Come on. Good people. Welcome to the Truth Description Podcast, episode number 36. Today I have the honor of interviewing Joanna Rose Bateman uh, from all it well, she's actually all the way from the West Coast, but originally from Loveland, Ohio, which is right outside of Cincinnati, uh, not too far from Louisville. Hey, hey. how are you doing, Joanna? Welcome to uh, the Truth Prescription. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, thank you for reaching out. There's a, a listener that reached out, and her story sounded really great. So I said, you know what, she's going to be in New York. Let's have her on. <laughs> so Joanna is a uh, she's a comic um, she's a, a SAG actor and uh, one interesting thing I liked is her, uh, her Instagram page that she said that she's she's emotionally available she, she's emotionally available for a living yes I am emotionally available <laughs> for a living which I which I love which is it encapsulates so much in just in terms of when you're a performer you're um, like open it my yes. chest for you yes the good ones <laughs> yeah the good ones yeah. no definitely um so you know on a, on a more serious note um and we're going to get into this a little bit um joanna's mom is now um dealing with her second bout of endometrial cancer um which is you know it's a it's a common cancer it's it's not the most common but it's definitely a, a, a common cancer in women um over over 60 um, there's a lot of different risk factors, age, race, um, diet, exercise, and is between 60 and 80,000 cases every year. And, uh, you know, 11 to 12,000 women die. So it's a, you know, it's, it's serious. And particularly for Joanna, who's, you know, this is now, you know, the second time you're dealing with this, I'm sure it's gotta be really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. The first time around was like, we're going to, get this we caught it early uh we will remove the uterus and radiation that's it and it seemed like doable yeah and and it was scary but it seemed like okay we got this and then one year later to have it because she no longer has her uterus and i'm just going to be really frank with my terminology because i think that's what was hard to swallow for me being from the Midwest, being from a small conservative family in Ohio. Like, yeah, I, I, I broke out and like, 
expanded my mind, but still these uh, these medical issues were such gut punches. Um, so the tumors we found out in May were on the lining of her vagina. Okay. And, and they were it, it was it's not it was not vaginal cancer it was endometrial yeah, cancer yeah yeah right yep, yep. and um and the surgical option for that the doctors came in and told her on the day that she came in and received the news that yes the tumors are cancerous the surgical option is to remove everything from the abdomen everything the stomach the colon the vagina itself removed and sewed up yeah and i didn't know that was a thing i didn't know that was a possible i didn't know doctors could take away my vagina like i didn't know that was a thing yes and to think that that is a surgical option that people are having done to save their lives i mean it's an amputation of your core and that's really what we yeah. are literally, literally 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 your core yes, yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and that just blew me away. That was, I mean, viscerally just like, no. And that was her reaction to no, like, hell no. So, yeah, because that's just, that's, I mean, that's who we are. Yeah. It's our yeah. like, bodies, right. right? Like, I'm not, right. it's like, I'll say, it'll save your life, but no more center of your body. So she's going through chemo. She just had her first um, round of chemotherapy on Wednesday of last week. Okay. And yeah, really um the 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 things I've learned about that in terms of the toxicity of chemotherapy and what that is. I mean, when and if she gets sick, whoever is cleaning up needs to wear four or five like gloves and double bag that and it's toxic and she needs her own sequestered bathroom just for her normal waste yeah and um i start thinking of all the patients that are having toxic waste into our water systems into the oceans into the you know it's it expand the macro of this disease and of the way we treat it uh, is terrifying. I mean, nothing about this is not earth-shatteringly scary for me. And at the core of that terror is my little sweet mother who is just like... What's your mom's name? Constance, Constance Bateman. Constance Bateman, okay. Hey, Constance, if you're listening, how you doing? Shout out to Shout Connie. out to Constance. So let's, let's actually jump into the truth prescription. You started talking a little bit about it, and um, I will just <sighs> sort of relay... Um, for my new listeners, what the premise of the show is, which is that all successful people, um, no matter their industry, have had to uh, deal with certain truths. And it was accepting those truths that actually helped them to move past and break through and become more successful. So Joanna, although you may have never heard of her, look at her IMDb page. Uh, she's definitely been busy uh, in the acting world and you've definitely been working and you've definitely, you know, so you're, you're, you're successful in your own right. And now clearly dealing with, um, this, this tragedy. Um, let's start with the, with the personal, since we kind of already, you know, started delving into it. Now you don't have to talk about your mom, right? Cause you have your own, your own life and experience from, you know, growing up in Loveland to, you know, moving out to, uh, going to college. You went to, uh, you got a BFA from Elon, Elon university, 
from there, you know, moving out west. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. And yeah, it's, where I'm from right now, it's <laughs> hard to know. It's all good. So, you know, tell the listeners a, a, a story, guide us through a, a situation or some situation that led you to a truth that you were you kept bumping up against, and finally you said, you know what, I'm going to deal with this. And once you dealt with it, you were able to to succeed. Hmm. Well, success is like you said; it's defined. You know. It really shouldn't be defined. Success is kind of like happiness. It's like a feeling that exists fleetingly, but when you have it for the moment, it feels so good, right? And then it kind of dissipates and you have to keep moving forward in that. Um, So I get my truth leading to my success will the success is quickly, you know, washed away and then (laughs) you got to move forward. Right, Right, exactly. But I think what has been a truth for me I'll start with what it is and then I'll go to how I got there is that everything is constantly in a state of change change is happening right now in this very moment my cells are changing this table is even decomposing you know in some extremely slow minute way right (laughs) but it is everything is burning every flame is releasing energy and coming and passing and coming and passing and life will change sometimes you won't even notice it right you wake up you look in the mirror you're 90 years old you have no (laughs) idea how you got there or it can be as drastic as just a complete 90 degree turn in the blink of an eye and you had no foreseeable idea that that was coming the month of may this year was an incredible experience of change for me my brother um and this is the personal truth got married on may 4th of 2018 and the day before his wedding was the what is that rehearsal rehearsal dinner yeah yeah the re- we just did the rehearsal and there was a rehearsal dinner and it was it was a glorious celebration of of excitement of love of happiness he and his wife to be told me that they were expecting wow. a baby that, ne- that day and i just burst into tears they had been together for 10 years so this was i mean she was already a part of the family it was a beautiful celebration following day there was like an evening wedding ceremony we get a phone call that um, our grandmother, who we weren't able to bring down to the wedding because she was on hospice, um, was in critical condition. And her husband, my grandfather, was there with her. Both of them were unable to come down to the wedding. Sure. And it was, she has maybe hours left to live, and they're five hours away from our house. Hmm. What state do they live in? They're in Indiana. Indiana. So this is all Midwest okay. cornfield people. <laughs> They're literally like surrounded by an Amish community. Like wow. in Indiana, there are paved lanes for horses and buggies where my grandparents live. Interesting. Yeah, this is. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it is. Those Amish. <laughs> but you know what? The Amish, they wear Nike sneakers. Okay. They may not know what the weather's going to be tomorrow, but they wear Nike sneakers. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so it was, it was, it was, it was this feeling of, of uh, anxiety. And I am shaken. I feel like it's time somebody's got to go be with grandma, but nobody can. It's my brother's wedding day. Yeah. And uh, a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. My 
boyfriends there playing guitar in the corner and people are just trying to feel into what on earth is happening. Because the crowd, the there are people in the audience that don't know what's happening. Well, the wedding hasn't started. We're just gathering at my house before we head over to the ceremony. So we're just in my parents' house and my out-of-town family is there. And and we get a phone call and I, it was my aunt's cell phone and her cell phone ring was a bunch of bells. And I remember saying out loud, gosh, those bells sound ominous. She picks up the phone, goes into the other room. And then as by the time I got into the other room, she and my mother are sitting catty corner to each other, hunched over with the phone on speakerphone, sobbing, wailing. My grandmother has passed and the nurse is telling them the final moments of her life. And this, these are their mother, right? So my grandmother, they're sobbing, they're wailing, but they're together and they never, they wouldn't have been together had it not been for my brother having his wedding day on this day because they're out of towners. So they're together. They're having this emotional experience. My niece is there. She's three years old and she's got tissues. She's handing them tissues. A three-year-old little girl acting as caretaker to her grandmother and to her great niece. I mean, it was, it was an emotional moment of life, death happening, death happening. And the whole, we, you know, it, it, driving to then tell my brother that his grandmother has died on the day of your wedding. Mm. And he was like, I had feelings, you know, of her spirit today. This is so weird, but she's here with us now. Like she wanted to be at my wedding. She's here with us. It's okay. She lived a long life. We're okay. We're a family. We're together. They have the ceremony. It is even more beautiful and rich because of this ephemeral feeling of death that we have this beautiful feeling of death there's like shaking feeling of death the fog at the end of the evening the purple skies were like om is with us you know beautiful sad heartbreaking but beautiful change the reception after the dancing the bride is says to the whole crowd we're going to have a baby. We want to announce <laughs> to the whole crowd, we're having a That's baby. Great. Bring in the the cake the, to cut the cake. And the center of the cake is a um, going to reveal the gender of the baby. It's going to be doing right. They're doing everything. Gender reveal. Gender wedding. reveal at the wedding. Right. <laughs> so my grand, the two grandmothers, my mom and the uh, other mom cut the cake. It's blue. My mom freaks out, lights up. It's like, in one day, my mom has experienced so much grief and then ecstatic joy. And it's just like, whoa, change again. The story continues. The following day, it was a lot of people were coming from out of town. There was a brunch to happen, a wedding post day brunch. And um, it was going to be another opportunity for out of town people to get to talk and, and socialize. People arrive and nothing's set up. My brother and my new sister-in-law aren't there. Where are they? We call and they're at the hospital. And she's miscarried. Oh, gosh. Change. In less than 24 hours. This really happened on May 4th and 5th of 2018. Death. Marriage, baby, death. Just like, 
Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it was as though Sheesh. they had given us all a completely different book of life to read from that point forward. Like everyone in the wedding, the family, the extended friends who were there, like everyone was aware that grandma had died that morning and that baby Julius had died that day. You know, it was just insane heaviness. I, we fell through the earth and yet the earth kept spinning and change and having to swallow these things and the personal truth that I got from that is if you are happy in any form right now be happy and just hold it lightly because at any moment you could get just a complete right angle turn away mm. from that yeah sucker punch yeah sucker punch and um that Yikes. was when I, I mean, I feel like I, I understood a lot have you, more. Have you been able to, did you come out of that situation feeling, because sometimes we're in things and we just, we're not really in the moment. We're just uh, reacting as things happen. Right. And we're like, oh gosh, my grandmother's dying. Beautiful wedding. Wow. They're having a baby. Oh no. The baby is gone. Right. Did you feel like you came out of that scenario with some real wisdom, like, yeah, wow, like, I this, felt, this is a real message to everyone, but I'm living in it right now. Yeah, I felt like everyone who was a part of that wedding and now, you know, everyone listening to this story, just it dials you in a little bit more to the fragility of our lives and the fragility of your loved ones and makes you aware that we all are aching in some corner. And if you aren't, you will be at one point. Mm -hmm. Like we all have these aches yeah. inside us. And um, it really, I think it taught a lot of people who experienced it that to cherish community and to cherish those that you love. And, um, and it also brought, my family in Ohio is such a, we don't talk about our problems kind of a family. Oh, you mean every family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> what, like, what problem? Yeah, exactly. Like, That's a problem talking about problems. Right, right. And so to have the, the universe just shatter that yeah. and make us experience something together that yeah, is pain. real yeah. and painful yeah. and have to talk about it because yeah. there's nothing else we can pretend to talk about. So it was, uh, it was earth shattering for me and my whole family, I think, grew deeper. Um, and our truths became more easy to say, which was hard for us. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm All right. Hoping, hoping that continues. Okay. Let's go to the professional as a comic, actress, um, or any other thing that you've done professionally. Yeah, Talk as about. a comic and an actress, there's a lot of other jobs I've had to do <laughs> to have, those, to have yeah. that be my profession. I know, I know. But it's it's beautiful. I, I tell people all the time, when you can live off your art, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, to surf through yeah. life, right? <laughs> like, woo. Um, I, the, per the professional truth um, is, uh, yeah, you got to do your homework. And then 
put it down and trust yourself. It's that combination for me that has worked. The one without the other doesn't work. If you just blindly trust yourself without doing any of the homework, you're not going to be as clear at all in the product. Give us an example where that happened for you. Um, well, with what I'm working on now, which is the stand-up and the comedy, I mean, I am finding that it is very important for me to know ahead of time, what do I want to say? What is my purpose with the five, ten minutes that I'm given? And then through that, uh, you know, the words need to be in a specific order because comedy is rhythmic. Comedy is music. So um, if you, for me, I, I need to write it all down, you know, and then I kind of riff off of that. Um, but if I don't write it all down, if I don't get really clear, okay, I'm doing this, into this, into this, into this. And then when I get up there, it might go a different way, but if I don't lay it out like that ahead of time, if I don't do my homework a little bit, <laughs> if I just go up there and, you know, assume I'm going to be able to find it, I'm not that kind of comic. I'm a, I really, I need to have a, my walking stick with me of my homework of what I'm going to say. Like a framework. Yeah, framework. Have you done the opposite ever where you just <laughs> didn't do your homework and believed in yourself, quote unquote? Yeah, I did. Uh, that, in San Francisco, I went up um, at the milk bar, shout out. Shout, Shout out. out to the milk bar. <laughs> Shout out to the milk bar. I like the name. Never yeah. been there. Like no, the it's good. It's like really good, good vibes. Um, Is I that the one where you were like standing on like a little stage? Is it on YouTube? That was in Culver City, Cal uh, Los Angeles. Okay. okay. Yeah. Some of that stuff was kind of funny. I, I have to give it to you. Yeah. I, li I, li I liked it. Um, the one when you opened up, you were talking about... <laughs> all these problems in the world and your brother told you to pray yeah yeah my brother told me to pray and i'm like pray to who right exactly. like who am i praying to like right. it, give me a clear picture here is right. it god all oh, right god who is god right god the father god this masculine okay like right you know and then i get i just i i gotta i think god the universe makes a little bit more sense to me to pray to yeah but picturing like some Santa Clausy looking guy in the right. sky, right. like mm, I right. don't know about that. Then you went on, you were like, you know, God made us in His own image and likeness, so God's like a, a surfer dude. Like, yeah, because in the Bible, you know, it's, I'm like going back you to know? the book. It's like, okay, who is God? Right. God created man in His own image. Right. Okay, right. so God is a gamer. Right. Like, God <laughs> likes draft like. beer. Right. <laughs> God is five foot ten with hair on his shoulders. Like, right. who am I talking to? Right. Exactly. And then I'm like, but wait, the Bible was written by men. Yes. And they were just doing what all writers are told to do: write, write what, what you, you know. know. Write what you know. Right. And they knew they had a penis. Right. So right. they stuck one on God. <laughs> And then yeah, I go into well, it was what, it was funny. Yeah. I, I I was I was I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I looked at probably the first six minutes. Yeah, cool, cool, it. cool. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. One yeah. more view. One of course, more view. of course. Um, so in that same you know vein, have you you know with the with this professional do your truth? homework and then trust. Yeah, and then put it the fuck down. Yeah, especially as an actor, you have to listen. The whole thing about acting is like listening to what's being said to you and 
responding like a normal human being. Yeah. Because sometimes your homework, especially I'm someone, I get all kinds of crazy with my acting homework. I'm like, okay. And then my heart falls down nine flights of stairs. Like act that emotion out when you find out your husband is dead. (laughs) And, you know, maybe your heart does fall nine flights of stairs. But if it's not natural when you do it, then put the homework away and just hear someone tell you your husband fell down nine flights of stairs and just probably stand there and the camera will, <laughs> you know, make sense of it. The audience will make sense of it. Well, I'll tell you this. Put as it a, down. As a director uh, who just recently casted, you know, uh, a short, I'll tell you one, 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 you do have a, a good act, acting technique that I, I, I saw in your monologue. Um, and it's something subtle that the average viewer won't see, but you did your monologue, you didn't blink the whole time. And it not blinking does something, but you have to practice that. And it's it, it creates a, a level of intensity, mm-hmm. a level of focus, and it strengthens your performance. Yeah. And um, you know, my uh, what's the guy's name? Michael Kane, I think it is. He has a really good video. It was done in like the eighties online about you know, it's like a little actor training thing online yeah, yeah. about that. But just that alone, that's you know, yeah. Clearly, you're you're working on your craft. Yeah, I love. <laughs> shout out to the Michael Chekhov acting technique. Mm-hmm. Michael, Chekhov, Michael Chekhov, he is like the cousin of Anton or something, but his energy work. So it's all from the inside, just like playing with your emotional, energetic body. Um, if you just like imagine energy going through your eyeballs forward in a direction forever and ever and ever like tunneling forward through your eyeballs. It's a very different sensation than if you imagine energy moving backwards through your eyeballs forever and ever. It's just like subtle little things you can play with that are dope. I love that. Help your, uh, help your performance. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to play with. All right. Cool. Those are my truths. You read, you read. Those are my truths. Oh, and if all so else your, fails. Your, your truth reminds me of the five Ps, which is proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah. You got to do. I always, It's like if you don't study, you're not going to get an A. Right. Like you're right. really not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I wasn't like that. You know, I had to do my homework. Yes, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. But I, would, I, I tried a- to bullshit a lot. <laughs> I love to try to bullshit, but... I will fall on my face every time. I have a cousin who I used to hate because I would, I studied my ass off. I did well in college, but I studied my ass off and he would just be partying and bullshitting. And then the night before the test, he'd, he'd cram all night and get 93. And I used to just jump this car. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. I I hate you. I know. (laughs) Shout out to Nishad. Nishad. Uh, Nishad. All right. Let's jump into some questions. All right. I did want to say, if all else fails, another one of my professional truths is find what inspires you and move to that. Like move in that, listen to music and then physically move your body in a way. And you'll start to just get to know who you are and what you like and how you move and it just helps kind of break down because we get in our heads so much. We live so much here. We forget that from our neck down is a totally intelligent thing that has answers that we can tap into and dancing slowly can mm. help you. Yeah. One of the things I learned because I, I went, I did acting school for about a year. One, th- one of the things I learned was, um, you know, the, the, this body is the, it's an instrument. Like the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, your hair follicles down to your toenails, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it it's all to be used and all the great actors use every single faculty that they have. Yeah. You know? And 
to go back into the sorrow of my mother. That's why I think I, because I am so in tune with my body that I feel for her body right now, just like, because it is, our bodies are so smart and strong to have it be under attack, you know, is just, it's, it's hard for me. I feel it. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a perfect segue to my first question. What cancer is affecting America right now? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Cancer. Yeah, because cancer is, it's, it's the multiplying of something that shouldn't be fucking multiplying, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. what is uh, fear? Mm. I would say fear of people who aren't like you, people that you don't understand. Um, even if it's the most surface level of misunderstanding to the deepest understand misunderstanding. Um, I think if we would truly take a quiet moment before we snap judge another person and just kind of put ourselves in their body, how they woke up, in what bed are they sleeping in, and what bed are their parents sleeping in, you know, thinking about the systemic nature of all of our lives and the depths of it, just having more compassion. But the mind is so quick to have an answer. Super quick. Yeah. Well, that's the ego's job, right? Yeah. To, to know everything at all times. Right. Yeah. So the cancer <laughs> of America, in my ignorant little mind, is just the the quickness to have fear and judgment and to just throw a curveball of what you think is the right answer for somebody else. Mm, yeah. Assuming. Yeah. Okay. And I can't decide if the cell phones are a great hindrance or a great help. Like, I really can't decide because it brought me here. Right. And this is dope. It sure did. Yeah. <laughs> it sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Um, I call it like the, uh, you know, the 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 the, the shit covered donut, you know, or the donut with shit inside of it. It's like it's got both. You know, it's got good stuff and it's got bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's how do you utilize the technology to benefit you, um, but not not deal with all the other stuff. And I think that when you, the majority of people, particularly when you when you, I want to say when you're lazy, but I'll just say when it's when it's the path of least resistance mm -hmm. is to, hey, listen, every if my phone is here, why not look at it every every six, seven minutes to, you know, check email or look at this or look at that. Yeah. And what ends up happening is, is, is something I've talked about before on the show is we stop really focusing on what's going on inside. What's going on inside, what's yeah. going on I, in the immediate outside. right outside. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my phone. I, I put it on a friend's car and she drove away and we went over a Hilarious. giant circle and it flew and I was gone. I didn't have my phone for a week. Yeah. It was the most enlightening yeah. seven days. Yeah. I felt, first of all, I felt like I was in 1992. Like I'm a pedestrian. I had yeah. like print out, you know, directions and I was like walking around <laughs> like truly dependent upon my brain. Yeah. Like I feel like our brain doesn't get as much use anymore because we critical thinking, it's not, you know, at the forefront of our thoughts. I was even, I was writing a note to somebody today and I was realizing Shit, I haven't really written anything. <laughs> yeah. 
with my, my handwriting is like a hand. seventh grader. It looks <laughs> like in a in a what little while, like it, 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 you know, obviously I still know how to write, but I could see how it's a skill that you could you know you could easily lose. Because they're not teaching we, we, cursive we, we, anymore. We type everything. They're not teaching cursive. And like my kids are not going to learn cursive. You know, it's crazy. <sighs> So yeah, it's it's a it's tough. I think you have to be as the, as the technology expands, the individual has to be more conscious about what's going on and sh- trying to maintain selfhood. Yeah, which is not easy. It's, yeah, <laughs> you got to maintain selfhood yeah. and try to stay away from the sheephood. The yes, you know the sheeple. Yes, because yes. we're not that different. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm trying to sometimes to make myself laugh. I picture like a herd of sheep. <laughs> on an iPhone, like just like in the pasture, like sheep being sheep. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's a funny visual. All right, second question. Um, you said in your bio that there are, that we live in a world, you know, where the masculine and feminine dance that goes on within us. What what do you what do you mean by that? Talk about that. Well, I think uh, there are men and there are women, but there are inside those two genders. There is femininity and masculinity in both of us, right? Like we have it all inside of us. And I, since moving to LA, uh, when I was right out of college, I don't live there currently, but I joined a underground theater troupe that was really into gender as performance. Mm. And they cast me as a young 17-year-old boy in a Shakespeare play set in the 50s, and I didn't have anything better to do. So I went to a barber shop and had him shave my head like a 1950s little boy. And I followed teenagers on the promenade and got like this stance and pretended I had, you know, I put a sock in my drawers and like <laughs> walk around like a kid, you know? Right, right. And like was able to cultivate this inner agency of like, hey, like I got that masculine in me. And then as I've evolved from that and kind of softened a little bit, following into my femininity and like feeling the flow of what it's like to be a lady, a real like flowery, sweet, dress wearing, heels wearing, like sex pot, you know? And I just think that that is such a delightful thing for everyone to consider that in them is the capacity to to be both, to have both. And I think I was talking about this with my mom, actually, that like we've encouraged girls to, you can be anything you want to be, right? Like all these ad campaigns, like really pushing the like, girls, you can be strong and pretty. You can wear pink and well, green, what whatever you want. Girls run the world. Right? right? But my mom was like, she's a teacher. She loves children of all genders. And she's like, but we've left out encouraging the boys to expand who they can be well i think the idea is that you know the the baseline of this society is that men men are yeah you know yeah, sort of put on a yeah. pedestal anyway and you know we're, we're we're the smartest we're the strongest and you ladies just stay in the kitchen and that's the baseline that wife, we're trying to handcuff to the radiator right you know? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know and cook my you know cook my spaghetti right so that's sort of the, the stereotype baseline and right maybe that's why but, right but you're you know but your still encouraging right like the that the males hey without saying that you are gay you can still be a straight man who has the range that we're telling these, you know, 
straight little girls, you know, sexuality has nothing to do with this. It's just like the concept that let's expand who we are and the, and the, or let's just acknowledge and play with those two forces within us. What do you think's a, a, a woman's strength that a man could learn from? Resilience. Fucking that vagina is so resilient. <laughs> like you can takes a licking, literally yeah, keeps on Children out, like so much <laughs> trauma so has much. gone in, like it. But and like you know, uh, the to birth a child and then to like, yeah, it's just the resilience of a woman throughout time is worship to worship. And the opposite. What do you think is a masculine trait that a woman can learn from? Being a non-woman. From me, from me, I have learned that the quality of of reason is helpful. Sometimes I can kind of go from like zero to 70, 90, a thousand miles an hour very quickly and a little bit unreasonable. My, my co-producer is shaking her head here like she understands what's going on. But, Shout out to Janelle. Yeah. <laughs> Janelle. Yeah, just like reason. <laughs> like my boyfriend is very, he's so reasonable and so literal and, you know, doesn't, he doesn't, his boat doesn't sway as you know, like on the pirate ship at the carnival, I'm like, woo, up there, up there, side to side. Oh, you know, who knows where I'm going sometimes. And I think to remind yourself that where are you really? What's going on right now? Calm your breath, feel the floor beneath your feet. It's okay. Talk it out, write it out, express what you're feeling to move forward. But there's no need to like throw the clock off the bed table and break things. I mean, I feel like women can be just as um, prone to wrecking shit as a man can. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're 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 all tonight. flawed. We're all flawed. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Okay, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got a lot to say about that, but I'm not gonna say it right now. All right. Um, oh, so you had a a really great quote I liked. Um, you know, you said that you, you you turned to the stage because you said, you know, laughing is the opposite of crying. So how does just talk a little bit about for our uh, would be artists or artists out there how the stage helps you. Oh, God, especially the comedy scene. It is so full of people who are wounded, who are really wounded and who need to be seen, need to be heard and need to be applauded and laughed with Mm. for a purpose. I mean, I went into, I've gone to so many, open mics are such unique scenes. I went into one in uh, Hollywood, like on Sunset Boulevard, above a bar and an ice cream shop. And it was a tiny, tiny little spot. Shout out to repeat open mic on Tuesdays at 11 o'clock. Repeat. Yeah. Um, It's it was a dark little room and there was like church pews in there and it was 
like the stringy haired rats of Hollywood comics that were up there. Like, and I say that with love in my heart. Um, and they were going up there and talking about whatever was, you know, they, some of it was funny, some of it wasn't, but it was their moment of the week to like speak and be heard. And when it's really funny, when comedy is really funny and you're laughing, I mean, your diaphragm is going up and down, your body is moving, your sometimes tears come out your eyes. I mean, it's the same physical motion as sobbing. It's just colored with joy and like ice, uh, uh, acknowledgement. It's the same as crying. So for me, ever since all this like, truth of life came a pounding on my door, I started going more and more to the stage to see and laugh and to speak and try to make other people laugh. And um, something that I just find so rewarding is the sound of a female laughing. And oftentimes in the open mics, there's not a lot of women in there. So there's like one or two voices that I might hear out of the crowd of like, 10 or 12 and those female laughing sounds I'll record my set to like practice and I'll listen back to it and it's like a low guttural sound or sometimes like a high-pitched shrill laugh and it just I don't know something about it really hits me in my center Mm. and says keep going that's what you're that's it okay speaking to get that sound right 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 awesome Awesome. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's move over to yes or BS. Yes or BS. Yes or BS. Yeah, I need to have some like some music. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Number one, comedy acting is easier than stage acting. Film acting is easier than stage acting comedy comedy acting is easier than stage acting or or, com- oh, or, or, stand-up, or stand-up is easier, is easier than, than theater stage, theater or or film acting or stage acting yes theater yes theater okay um bs bs for sure bs comedy is mm-hmm. fucking hard because it's <laughs> uh not a sure bet that what you think is funny yeah. is funny right and Adrenaline is a bitch. Yes. It'll kick in and you'll black out and uh, you'll be like, what the fuck am I supposed to say? Right. Um, and it's soul. You know, I'm not speaking someone else's text. Mm-hmm. I can't say, oh, the play didn't work, but that's not my fault. The play yeah, didn't work. Dumb writer, this is dumb like, director. This is stuff that I'm trying <laughs> to put out there. So it's definitely not easier at all. You know, it's interesting about that. I find my my cousin's a a comic. His name's Damian Lemon. You should check him out. He's on uh, MTV and True TV. Um, What I found that he would do, especially when he first was starting, is he would throw jokes in just regular conversation. We would be talking to test them out. That's how he would test his jokes out. And I was wondering why every time we get together, I'm just laughing my ass off the whole conference because he's trying jokes out. Yeah. So um, it, it's I don't know if you do this, but it's it, I found it was definitely a good way for him to work material out in this sort of non-threatening environment. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, OK, cool. Number two. The only way it is easier is that it's only about five or 10 minutes, maybe like 20 if you're like a superstar or whatever. But yeah. theater, you know, if you're if you're in a bad play and you're up there for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. 
No good. <laughs> Number two. I don't know what you're going to feel about this one. You know, I'm going I'm to skip that one. Number three. <laughs> I'll, I want to know what number I'll, two is. I'll, I'll say I'll save it. I'll save it for the end. Oh, okay. uh, number three, more opportunity. There are more opportunities for actors in L.A. than New York. Well, I moved out of L.A. to go to San Francisco and have found more opportunities for myself there, believe it or not, because um, L.A. is so saturated. Um so it was LA versus New York. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say BS to that for mm-hmm. sure. Because New York City, you can totally work here. You can totally work here. They're, they're both tough markets. Um, you think LA is more saturated? I do. Okay. Yes, I do. And I think it's more saturated with a lot more uh, desperation. Mm. I love LA. I love the sun. I love the nature. Um, but the overall like physical body posture of Los Angeles is legs out, arms reaching forward, like wanting something that you don't have. And you don't even, you're not even sure what you want hold anymore. That hold that pose. We're going to take a photo. Like, We're going to take a photo. You're Keep reaching, for, you're something reaching for something that's not there. And you don't know what it is anymore. You're just like, ah, please, somebody. <laughs> Help me. At least that Give was my experience. But you know script. what? You just got to make your own shit though. Like yes. I have friends who are successful out there and that's because they made their own stuff. Right. <laughs> But yeah, uh, they wrote their own stuff. Yeah, they started writing and producing yeah. you got to. You their got own to. stuff. You got to make your own way. It's and true. that's that's the truth. The feeling I feel here, though, like New York City. I've been here for a week and one day. I've gone to one comedy show. Shout out to Better Days okay. Bar. Better Days on Shout Wednesday out. nights. Comedy, great vibes. Um, the the, the I, so much love here. So much open-hearted, positive, like uplifting, homey vibes of like, yes, I support you. I see you. Like, this is good energy here. Um, yeah. So, BS. There's BS. for sure work here. All right. And I left LA because I was like, eh, I'm over it. Number four. Joanna Bateman is only fully emotionally available on stage. Not true. (laughs) BS. I am emotionally available all the time. Like to a fault. (laughs) Like I get myself tied up and shit. Like on a daily basis. It's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Number five. This was the original number two. Now. This 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 is kind of an unfair unfair question because okay. it's more of a. I'll just say this. Do you believe that cancer can be cured through diet alone? Ooh, all right. Now, believe is a tough word. <laughs> I don't know much about the medical community. However. I feel as though big pharmaceutical conglomerate that it is 
must be making a killing from chemotherapy. And that eats at me at night. And I've thought many times, I'm not planning to procreate, so I can't really be in my mom's position of like, kids, I got to stay alive for them. You know, but you know that's a risk factor. What is? Oh, mm -hmm. having children? Not, not, not having, having children. children. Well... You know, I digress. Yeah. Go ahead. I, if, I, if it were, if it were, and I've thought this many times, if it, if it were me and I, like, I would go to Tijuana and ha go to some nutritional thing where I would get, you know, go on the keto diet, have coffee enemas like three week times a week, change my diet because it is our body that is going against us. So. Because. We have been going against our body. Right. So how is lowering my immune system and forcing my body to dip into my own bone marrow to fight, to stay alive, stay away from my mom's like, I just can't get sick. I just got to, I can't get any germs because her immune system is lowered. So it's like, fuck this shit. Like I would not do chemotherapy. I would do nutritional I would have, you, go, have you discussed that with mom? Ah, uh, yeah, but I she it's it's like you know they roll their eyes and they they think I'm crazy for you know for thinking you know they're like oh you California like you've been brainwashed into thinking green kale can ki cure anything and it's like <laughs> no I kale juice yeah like it's not the cure -all. it's it's I so does she have Netflix? No, they don't watch like they're not up to speed. Okay. Like you, you have tough. it. I'm sure you have it on your phone. Yeah. When you go to Loveland, you may want to sit her down and, and let her watch what the health on your on your on your from your phone. Yeah, I've seen that. Because that that's pretty pivotal. Yeah. That, that explains a lot in it. I tell people all the time, there's nothing wrong with doing both. You know, you you can do you can do the chemo, and you also can you know go plant based. And, and yeah, uh, there's been a lot of success with that. Yeah. It's, you know, and as a physician, <sighs> I mean, you know, it's not something they taught us in medical school, but I, the research is there you know it can't it can't be denied or ignored yeah yeah no i it's a it's gonna be a tough bridge for me to cross over there because my dad is a control freak uh -huh. okay and hyper masculine in his control and it is strong and very difficult to get in at all and uh just the mere mention of something like that is like locks me up and like put me on a ship and send me away send me back. yeah because it's tough and i feel like she's like you know i'm just like all the other hey, women mom, on let's, chemo let's watch a movie we can do yeah so i it's tough it, <laughs> it's it, 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 it'll be fun it drives me crazy because but it's then, a movie about chemo even if she doesn't do it if she if, even if she if she watches that what if it just makes her feel even I just feel like my mom doesn't really have a voice for herself through this process. My dad is super control. Her doctors are super control. The surgeons are super control. And here she is. It's her body. It's her choice. But nobody's even talking about, you know, what do you feel is best for you yeah. in this situation? Yeah. Well, listen, all you, you know, can she, do is, is provide information, just yeah. like just like this show, just Thank like the true you. prescription. Thank you. It's just, it's just providing information, and people 
can can take from it what they will and some people won't take anything from it now and maybe in 10 years like i'm listening to a podcast that was uh it was they they finished up in 2011 it's a it's a film podcast but there's so much great stuff in there so maybe somebody will listen to this in five years and you know so you you can only do what you can do it's true you got to put it out there into the waves that's it and take her out of her environment Put her, take her to, I'm sure Loveland's got some lovely coffee shops. Yeah. You can take her to a library or whatever. Yeah. Take her away from the, the doctors and your father and yeah. all the people. Say, mom, let's go out and, you know, let's watch a movie yeah. on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. We got and, time. You know, we and will. Ju- and just see. I mean, you can't, you, you, you can't, uh, you can't lose. You know, you can't lose. So yeah. Should be good. All right. That was the real number two. <laughs> I'm glad you waited. Yeah. Because that was a That's doozy. A hard, yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah. It's a hard one. I write these things off feeling and um, even in the interview, I'm coming like, eh, I wasn't sure, but I said, all right, I think, I think you can handle it. Yeah, no, it just, it tears me up. It tears yeah. me up. Because is it illegal in this country to cure, to try to cure cancer in any other way besides No, it's not, chemo. nothing's illegal. You know, as a physician, I'm a consultant mm-hmm. and all physicians are consultants. Mm-hmm. Your, your mom has total authority uh, over her body and whatever her medical decisions are. Yeah. Um, so as a, as her doctor could say, we think you should do X, Y, Z. And she could be like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, there are plenty of people who said, like, I have a buddy of mine who was diagnosed with um, prostate cancer. He was like, I'm not doing surgery. I'm not doing chemo. He went plant-based six months later, no cancer. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. Are you plant-based? I'm pseudo plant-based, but I don't have cancer. Right, right. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. I'm, I, I still do like, I'll do fit. I don't do di- di- any dairy um i do no chicken no beef i do do fish um and i'll do lamb occasionally mm-hmm. and um that's it but yeah. that was after i watched the documentary i was yeah. like especially the dairy you know uh, i want to do something on this show about that documentary um what the health but you know when they talk about how the fda allows a certain percentage although small of pus and feces in our milk i was like why am I drinking milk or eating cheese? Like that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And the min- and I used to have a lot of sinus problems. Mm-hmm. The minute I cut it out, I haven't had any sinus sinus issues at all. And I and I stopped last September, so it's been almost a year. So yeah, crazy. Word. Yeah, crazy. I don't want the milk or the cheese. It's nasty. Mm-mm. It's nasty. I mean, if if it's my own cow and I know what's going on, because they abuse the um. I forgot what the udders. thing is the udders. They abuse the udders so they get infections. <gasps> and so basically you got, you know, pus in, in the tip of the udder and it's going right into the milk. Plus it's the milk <clears throat> from an abused cow. Right. And, you know, the whole concept of I'm not a cow, so why am I drinking baby cow milk? Yeah. You know, yeah there's yeah. no other animal that, that eats, that, drinks, that, other, <laughs> right, that yeah. drinks another animal's yeah. milk for sustenance. It just, it's just not neat. Anyway, I don't want to get into that whole yeah. conversation, but... That's that. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for letting me speak my truth. It- thank you, Joanne. Well, I'll, well, let's say this. It's not your truth. It's the truth. Wow. It's the truth prescription. It's the truth prescription. All right. Thank you. Well, that's all I have. Joanna, thank you so much. Thank you. And I will sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it.